Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for checking in again with us. Matt and Braden here, Pure Victory Podcast. And we just want to say we appreciate you. We appreciate you joining us in this journey of um, getting porn out of your lives, listening to the podcasts, passing it off to people so that they can get porn out of their lives and encourage others as well. So thank you so much for spreading the word and supporting this, uh, this podcast and what we're doing here. So thank you. Today we are talking about something that is a key component of you know, insulating our lives. I think Matt, you were talking about it, insulating our lives in a healthy way. And that is really centering around the company we keep. Yeah. That's an important one. I mean, if you got bad company around you, what's the saying? Bad company corrupts good character. You got it. And I think that's what happens, especially when we're trying to get sexual stuff out of our lives that's unhealthy. You know, if you have bad company around you, it just keeps you stuck in that rut more because that's all you hear. Maybe porn is normalized with, you know, your friend group and that starts to become your mindset too. You take that on. Or maybe the view of the opposite sex is really derogatory or seen they're only seen as objects right and that's what your group around you is is really that's what they're saying so that's what you start to believe too and even your sexual relationships right if other people are sleeping around in your friend group or whatever else the people that you have uh, in your life you, the odds that you're going to do that increase as well and and so so this is an important topic that we're going to discuss today oh yeah i mean hey if you if you want big arms like i do it's like man Hang out with Braddon. That's, that's why, to be honest, this is a little insider secret here, but the reason why I wanted to start this podcast was Brad, with Braddon was so that I could get big arms like him. So. 
Just, well, is it working? I don't know. I'm looking across there. They're not looking bad, though. No, it's not really working yet. <laughs> but but it's more on my mind. It's the thought that counts at the start. The thought that counts. And then right, eventually right. I'll start actually putting in the work that you do. Oh, man. <laughs> you realize every time you say that, uh, when I meet somebody, I got to just be absolutely jacked. And I'm not people. Like, I'm just a normal guy. So he just makes it sound like I'm absolutely jacked, like the rock here. Yeah, no, I, I no. can see those veins <laughs> popping out of your yeah. shirt and your arms. Yeah, I better not scratch my head or else I'm going to wreck some shirts here, hey? Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure you would, for sure. I remember I was uh, I was a kid and I was at uh, where we live here, the biggest mall in North America, um, West Edmonton Mall. You know, some people think the Mall of America is the biggest, but actually we got the biggest mm-hmm. in North America here. I think it used to be the biggest in the world. And then it's all not these, anymore. I the, think it, these Asian countries oh, and architects, they started going big. I think we're like big. 15th now or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we were at uh, at the indoor pool. Um, when I was a kid and, uh, it's not really an indoor pool. It's like a water park. There's a bunch of slides and wave pool and bungee jump. And so I was a kid and I, and somebody was going on the bungee jump and my dad just said to my sister and I, he's like, you know, people get hurt doing bungee jumps. And I mean, obviously not everybody does, but he was just saying that. So it stuck in my head. And so I was thinking of bungee jumping and, and, and skydiving in the same breath. And I'm thinking, I never have to do it. Like, it's not really like, I'm, that I'm scared of it. I just feel ah, I don't I don't need to do it. And I remember I went to New Zealand when I was about 20, and I was on this tour bus with with all these uh, you know young people. We we're just touring the country together, and it was fun and having a blast. But in New Zealand, there's so much activity to do. There's there's skydiving everywhere. There's bungee jumping everywhere. And so about halfway through um, this trip, traveling around the country, where in every stop, every city, somebody was bungee jumping, somebody was skydiving. Eventually, I remember just sitting on the bus and being like, you know what? Everybody's skydiving. Everybody's alive. I, everyone who I know who has done it on this bus, they're still alive. I guess I could probably do it. And so then I went to this, the highest possible skydive that they offered, which oh, was 15,000 feet. And then I went to the highest. Like, it was the third highest bungee in the world. I think it still is. It's like 45 stories up. And, and I did that. And I'm like, man, why did I do it? It was the company I was keeping. That's all, and obviously I gave into peer pressure, but it wasn't it wasn't so much pressure. Nobody was pressuring me, but just you know things become normal. And I think back to my junior hockey days, or even before that, my hockey days when I was a kid and I had first seen pornography, and I never talked about it with anybody except for the guy who first showed it to me. We only talked about it that first time, and then I you know I I went into a hockey dressing room and my teammates started talking openly about it, and I'm thinking, oh, I guess. I guess other kids do this. Other kids have found mm-hmm. this too. And then I grow up and people just start telling dirty jokes. And in junior hockey, it's, uh, you know, that's a really common thing, a sexual environment and dirty jokes. And so I start telling dirty jokes. And, and I would always think, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian guy, so I'm not, I'm not as dirty as these people. I'm not actually chasing girls like they are. I'm not, you know, swearing and drinking and right. like they are, and they're making fun of girls and I'm not doing that and they're cocky. And so I'm thinking, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm different. I'm more pure and holy, I guess, <laughs> than they are. Right? Right. right. But then I got out of hockey. I came back to my, to, to a church. I found a church. I found like for the first time in my life, Christian friends and I'm thinking, man, I'm the cockiest guy in this church. <laughs> I had no idea. Because in junior, I was probably maybe one of the least cocky. Maybe not. There were other humble guys too. But but then I get in a real pure environment. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize the effects of these other teammates that I had and how it rubbed off on me. But it's the company that you keep. 
yeah, you'd <laughs> well, in hockey here in Canada, I mean, hockey players in general, I mean, we have a certain kind of persona, but yeah, no, Matt is not a cocky guy. So when he says it, I'm like, whoa. But anyways, I have a story too about this. When I was in the midst of, you know, when I was at my worst, I think really bad with porn, I wasn't following Jesus at that point. And my friends that were around me, it was a really bad influence on me. All of them were for the most part, um, because this world of porn was so normalized. We talked about it openly. You know, we'd share sites. I had a friend who would, I didn't even ask for this. And to be honest, it was kind of annoying because, it, but anyways, he would send the pinup of the day on to my email, like every day I'd get one. And like, you know, you don't know how nerve wracking that is when your parents are right there, right? Like I'm, I'm, I don't even, I remember the first time I opened that up and my dad was nearby and sure enough, this naked girl comes up on my screen oh, no. and uh, I'm like, I wasn't prepared for that anyway. So I wasn't too pleased with that, but this is what I was getting, right? Like this is what was normalized. I remember the way they talked about girls too. If you were to hear us talk about women, girls, you would think they're no more than just body parts, really. Yeah. Like, you know, she has a nice chest. She has a nice bum. She has, you know, legs, whatever else, right? Yeah, are you a bum guy or are you a boob guy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you identify who you, what kind of guy you are with a body part of the other exactly. gender. Exactly. And you're, you are on these certain teams, right, of what was, you know, more important to you. But this is the way that we talked about people, women. And, you know, it affected me. It really did. I started to view them no more than that. Like, they didn't have any value or worth aside from particular body parts or how they were put together, right? Like, they didn't have any worth. And, and not only that, you know, because porn was so normalized for me and in the way of conversations, I didn't see the big deal anymore, right? I think before I was, I had a little bit of a conscience still. Like I was like, you know, this is doing something bad to me. I don't f- like the way I'm feeling when I'm doing this. I don't, it's, it's, I'm getting addicted. I was starting to recognize that. But when I, when I had these conversations over and over again with these guys, it was so normalized that I didn't think it was a big deal anymore. And I didn't, I, did, I stopped battling. Like if, if I had any battle in me, it was gone. Yeah. Like basically got on the ride and, and just see where it take me. Right. Like I did, and it really took me to dark depths of addiction more than I even thought it possible. But that's the world that I was surrounded by was this, this bad company I was keeping. Yeah. It's, I mean, you referred to it earlier, bad company corrupts good characters. The first Corinthians 15, 33, don't be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals is another translation. And it, I like the first four words, don't be, de- do not be deceived because it's so easy to be deceived. And like I was like, oh, I'm not as bad. I'm doing pretty well. I'm, yeah. I'm pure because I'm not like other people, but we don't want to be deceived because it was corrupting my good morals. The morals that my parents taught me or that I, or that I grew up with in the church, um, knowing what was right, but then it was corrupted at least to some degree whatever degree that is. And so if you're listening, I just want you to think like the people that you're associating with right now, is there bad company there? Are they um, living at a standard that's become normal to you that's lower than the standard of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Probably because all of us do. <laughs> and so we just want to be aware of that and think, man, even in Christian circles, the standard's lower than the standard of Jesus. And so if you're at work or you're yeah. you know, around non-Christian friends, which we're not saying to not have that, but you got to be aware of, how is this affecting you? Don't be deceived by the way that it's affecting you and think, you know what, I can handle this and I can still live my best life because chances are it's it's um, it's affecting you in a way that's negative. But we again, we don't want to say to not be around these people, but then what do you do with it? And so one thing that we think about lots, and I might have said this on another episode, but you want to um, just be aware of are you influencing people or are you, or are you 
being influenced. And so sometimes if you're wanting to make changes in, in your life, you've got to say no to being around the people who are influencing you. But if they're people of bad character or other like not godly morals that you can influence, well, then that's fantastic. But sometimes those people that are influencing you, you've got to take a break from associating there. Mm-hmm. You've got to build yourself up. You've got to learn who you are in Christ, be full of God's love, look at the standard and how you can enjoy living at this you know, standard of purity. And then you can always go back into those environments. I mean, if you look at the example of Jesus, he's eaten with prostitutes and he's going to the dark places and he's hanging around these people. So we never want to say we shouldn't hang around them. That's the opposite of the gospel, but we want to hang around them in a way that we can influence them with the light. Yeah. Who are your support structures too, right? Is something to think about because we all need support. You know, God never calls us to be a lone wolf. I think that's a very dangerous place to be. You know, he calls us in community and we've talked about community lots, but you know, we replicate what we see and we, we, you know, the models that are around us often, they transfer over to us. Like I've heard that illustration, right? Can you garden with white gloves and not get dirty? No, I'm not a big gardener. So I'm imagining that, no, you, you probably can't, right? It's the same thing. Like things transfer on to you relationally. If, for instance, if you're noticing that you have destructive thought patterns that are really becoming prevalent in your life, and that's associated with maybe the models that are around you, Maybe that's, you need to revisit maybe what it looks like to have um, support and community in your life. Or maybe there's certain beliefs about, you know, things that are transferring over to you that you're started, starting to adopt yourself. You're really believing these things and maybe in the past you didn't. And it's taking you down a bad path. Like you've taken a 90 degree turn and you're going down a path you never thought possible. It might be associated with the company that you're keeping. And sometimes there are relationships that are not helpful, like Matt's talking about, and that we do need to cut off. And I know this is a big question, like, who do I remain friends with? And who do I, you know, who do I need to let go? There's a great resource out there called, uh, by Gary Thomas, called Toxic People, I think it's, it's called. Look it up. Okay, if I'm getting the title wrong, it's by Gary Thomas. It's about toxic people. He really breaks down some of these relationships that are toxic for us that we need to let go because toxic relationships are damaging and destructive to us and they're not life-giving. And often we need to set boundaries in our life to let those go. I know for me, when I came back to God, so there's a season of my life, you know, I was alluding to it here where I was doing my own thing. Like I didn't see the need for a relationship with Jesus at all. I just left, you know, that completely. And I was really keeping some bad company. And when I did eventually make the decision to come back to God, I, uh, I noticed that there were some relationships that were really pulling me down. Like they didn't want me to succeed in life. They didn't want me to go anywhere really. And they're pulling me down. I had to set a boundary of just cutting those off. And that's tough. Because you think these people are friends, but, you know, they're not really. And and you have to let those things go because it's better for you in the long run. So these are tough choices that need to be made, but they do need to be made because you need to have better support structures around you to pull you up. Because if you don't, you know, you will often stay at the level of, of whatever company you are. Often if you have, you know, these friends that just, you know, they're, they're mired in, in all this stuff, they don't want to see you you know, succeed in life or get out of, you know, addiction to porn or whatever else. And I know that sounds terrible, but it's true. You know, we, you, you, you kind of get stay stuck in there because you don't, they don't want to see you kind of move forward. They want to pull you back. So you got to be aware of this stuff. You talk about people who are addicted to porn and I'm thinking here about even wives, if I can say this, I'm not trying to be offensive here, but a lot of wives will be around their friends 
who are just agreeing with them in their in their bitterness and driving them to be to be angry and like you should be mad and that's okay to be to have this righteous anger but if your friends are enabling you to create bitterness in your marriage and division that's a really negative thing and to be honest there's a lot of women out there who want to help wives deal with betrayal trauma or when they're you know their husbands are struggling with porn they want to help the wives but when i see what they do it's break is ripping on the husband mm-hmm. it's not building themselves up and so it's there's a there's a very fine line in like how can i support a wife when she's really hurting because of her husband's porn use but see that yeah she's a victim in circumstance but not enable her to live as a victim mm. and a lot of these ministries or you know social media pages or people that put this stuff out there they so want to say oh hey i i feel your pain i see you're hurting but they go they take it to a fault because then they're like it's not your fault it's all his fault and mm-hmm. and and it's blame on the man so that's one of the reasons why i'm absolutely pumped and thanking the lord all the time that we've got kelly working with women in our ministry because she's so far from that yeah. and she's like no you have authority in your life as a woman in your home, you can influence your man. You need to be aware of the company that you keep. And so, I mean, this is just so important. If you're in sin or if you're helping somebody who's in sin, no matter what role you're in in the marriage, it's so important to understand, like, what kind of company do you keep? And and Braden's talking about, like, like sometimes you got to let go of relationships and sometimes it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been people that are really close to me or that have been really close to me that I just had to let go. And it's not easy and it's sad. And to be honest, I miss them. But when the when the relationship is not one that's that's godly and I try influencing and there's no influence and I just feel like the Lord is just kind of moving me on, you know, you got, you got to follow that and be okay with it and surrender to the process. Biblically, a lot of times when somebody, when God is bringing us into a new season of life or new, you know, level of influence or whatever it is, a lot of times he'll bring different people into your life for this transition in your life. And so if we're constantly just hanging on, no, I like this person. They've always been in my life, but they're holding you back because maybe they don't think the same way or they don't like the dream or the direction you're going. Sometimes that, that company is going to steer you clear of God's uh, vision for your life. And so, so we have to be willing to look at people and go, are they helping me or are they hindering me? Um, both with their morals, but also just with where are they in life? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and sometimes it's a hard thing to do, but we want to be really careful with or be intentional with who do we have that's close, like in our inner circle. Yeah. That book called Boundaries, I forget who it's by. Do you remember? Yeah. Boundaries is, um, is, it, is that Henry Cloud? Henry Cloud is yeah, I wrote boundaries, so. I think. Yeah. And anyways, it's a well-known book, but he he talks in there about like di- letting different people into your life in different to to different degrees. And so you only need to have like three people in your inner circle, like real inner circle that know everything. And then you have another circle, like a, the next circle is you know they're good friends, but you're you're a little bit like you're holding them little bit looser and then there's acquaintances and then there's people that you influence and you see every once in a while and there's just different levels and so some people they're wanting to keep company with so many people because in their own mind they're insecure and so when somebody's cool or somebody's fun or somebody's in sin or you know somebody's talking dirty and everybody laughs at their person you're like oh but I want to be friends with that person because I feel insignificant they seem significant because they're getting all the attention so I don't want to let that go 
And so I need to start telling dirty jokes or I need to start making fun of people because of that. But then it will corrupt your morals and your good character. And so to go into this, that's why it's so important to have God be your company in life. Mm-hmm. You need to have a relationship with God because it says in Proverbs 13, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. So let's walk with God every day so that we can be around these people um, that we need to influence and not have them influence us. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, when you're connecting with God, it's a great point. You start to recognize who would be a great support for you because you, you, you're starting to, to see you know, values and morals and a better understanding of your world, right? Like when you have that vertical relationship with God, the horizontal is framed with that relationship. So you see people in the correct light and understanding who they are. And um, I think that often that can be pretty shocking sometimes and you realize as God's working in your mind and your heart, you see the people around you and you see them in a different way and you start to recognize some of these things like, wow, that is really destructive. I didn't even know that. I didn't know what it was doing to me. And you know what? Don't beat yourself up like as we're sharing this because you might have had kind of this group around you for most of your life that you never knew this. It was just your normal. How would you know any different? And maybe you're starting to recognize these things and, and it's tough. It's hard to see that, that that's occurring, that you're, you're being affected in such a, a bad way. Um, but it's not too late. I just want to tell you right now, like you can really move into a better community. You can. It's just going to take some proactive choices on your part. You know, getting involved at your church, a small group, um, reaching out to people that you do recognize as being healthier and, and having those people in your life, in your corner, really. Because then who is in your corner in life, right? When you're in a battle, you need to have someone that's good in your corner. Like you think of boxing, right? <laughs> like if you got a bad corner, you're going to get just absolutely, you're going to get wiped out, right? Like, you know, just that, that fight recently, Manny Pacquiao, that's why I'm bringing this up, right? <laughs> you got defeated, right? But anyways, you know, if you have a bad corner, your, your fight's going to be that much more affected by it. So the same kind of deal here, right? Like I, I, there's a story that just speaks to this really well. And we, we, so I deal with marriage a lot of the time and there was this marriage that was breaking apart. This husband and wife, and she wanted out of the marriage and wanted nothing to do with him. Didn't even want to work on it anymore. Now, did it start there? No, it moved to there gradually over time to the point where she wanted nothing to do with the marriage and to escape. And when we explored the situation more and more, of course, there's two parts to play in this. But one of the things that we noticed about this wife is she was friends with this other woman who had just gotten a divorce and her view on marriage was very, very bad. Like she thought marriage was terrible. Like don't get married. Why would you do that, right? So the conversation that this woman was having with her friend about marriage was all negative. And then the talk about her husband was all negative. This woman wasn't for their marriage. She was like, just be happy, escape the marriage. That's the right choice. So sure enough, over time, that weared on her and she believed these things. It's like that movie Inception, right? When you plant the thought into your mind, it becomes your reality. And that's what was happening for this woman, you know, to the point where she wanted nothing to do with her husband. She didn't want to go to counseling, didn't want help. Her heart was totally closed off. And that's what can happen for us. So who is in your corner? When you're battling porn, you got to have people that are for you, that are for, you know, getting this out of your life. If they're this kind of laissez-faire, like, ah, it's not a big deal, dude. Like, don't worry about it. Like, why are you trying? That's not going to help you. You need people in your corner that are for you, understand the battle and they're to support you. And that doesn't mean that has to be everybody because not everybody will understand. But what I mean is you need people that will encourage you in this. And so what does that look like for you? If you do have that circle, right? Like Matt, if you have people around you that they're all kind of negative on you, 
what do you do with that? And we get that question. So, you know, when we're in those situations, that is going to take some proactive choices on our part for sure. Yeah. I remember this couple, a couple of years ago, they, they, uh, they reached out, their marriage was in crisis, but she just wanted, like, she didn't want to work on their marriage. She just wanted out. Um, he was broken over it, but the thing is she had really valid reasons over their, you know, decently long marriage to be unhappy. Like she should have been unhappy Mm. with the way that he treated her. However, there was no immorality, sexual immorality. There was no adultery. There was no abuse. So I saw this great thing on Instagram last week. It said, if there's no sexual immorality or no abuse in your marriage, you don't get to just leave. (laughs) You don't get to just leave because you're not happy. And so she had valid reasons to, to be unhappy, but that doesn't mean she had valid reasons to leave. And so trying to talk her, talk her through it and talk him through it. But what she said was, she said, well, you know what? My sister got divorced and she's so much happier now. It's the company that she kept. It encouraged her. And so she's looking at this marriage. She's going, I could be so much happier if I just did what my sister did. And, and, And I'm just thinking, but you say you're a Christian. You say you're having all these experiences with God. Do you care about glorifying him? Do you care about honoring him in your decisions? Or are you just looking to your sister's influence, to the company that you keep and having that be the authority? She was deceived, whereas scripture says, do not be deceived by this. And so some people say then, okay, I want good company, but I have nobody. I have no friends. I have no Christian friends. The guy just recently, like, I don't have any Christian friends or other people. Like, I live in a small town. There's nobody, right? So then what do you do? How do you find this? And I, first of all, I always just encourage people, man, if you pray for it, it will happen. To be honest with you, I don't know, Brad, if I've told you this, but before we met, my wife always says, man, I was praying for like a best friend. I was praying for someone that you could just relate to because there's different guys that I, that I could relate to in different ways. But then Brad and I meet and it's like, man, we like ministry. We're similar in the marriage, pornography. We like golf. We like hockey. Boy. It's like all these things, we just mesh. And so I don't think I was really praying for you, to be honest with you. But, <laughs> but, oh, but, but my, I don't take it to heart. My wife was, so oh. it's the power of her prayers. Yep, yep. But, uh, but it's cool, honestly, just to see, like, when you pray for it, it's God's design. Like, when you pray in God's will for something, mm-hmm. it will happen. And so she was praying for that for me, but I always I take that lesson, and I'm like, man, I can pray for other people to come into my life I can pray for or other people can pray for people and so even if you feel so alone man you you gotta you you can pray for that and God will lead you but then take the next step and take action like take a step like you you, sometimes you need to be willing to go to this you know church event that God has made way for you to go to and you need to actually just Mm -hmm. go reach out your hand and say hi ask somebody to go for lunch with you like you need to take the next step sometimes and reach out you do. And it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, but that is a good thing. You know, we get stuck in our comfort zones that often are very unhe- unhealthy. And that's because that's what we know. And we don't want to break out of that. We don't want to move away from that because it takes work on our part. It takes putting ourselves in maybe a, a compromising position or a, a, maybe not a comfortable position. And so we just stop. We just, we just don't do it. But I think prayer is so vital, like Matt is talking about. And, you know, I remember when I was looking for an accountability partner, cause I, I, I'd lost one actually just based on logistics and life stuff. And I, I was like, well, who do, who can I reach out to? And I remember I just, I just prayed 
I prayed about it, and then God brought to mind somebody that I never would have even thought about. Yeah. And then I reached out to them, and they were totally on board with this. So prayer is so vital and key. Start there. Start with prayer, and he'll reveal these people because God is so for you. And people, yeah, I don't know if you get this, but he is. And he has your best interest at heart. So when you pray for these things, these are good things. We really believe that God will answer you in these areas. You know, you pray for community. I, I believe that God will give you the, the the options there. And often they're right there in front of us. Like if you're listening to this, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give a plug to Matt. Pure Freedom Journey. That is a great group of guys that you can meet some great people. Join that if you're, th- if you're on the fence about it. There's an option for you that's right there, hitting you right in the face right now that you can t- take part in where you can have a good group of guys around you. Sometimes in our own kind of thoughts and what, you know our processes, we, we just eliminate stuff because we, we don't want to go there. We, we think it's not the right thing. But often they're right there for us. Like if you're a part of a church community too, engage with that. Start volunteering there. You'll meet great people. You know, join a small group if, you're, if your church has small groups. You know, get involved in some of these areas where you will rub shoulders with good people, where you can build good relationships. And you might notice that a key kind of thing that you're picking up here, it's really about choices that you make. If you want good people in your life, you got to make those choices, right? You got to actively seek them out. Because often we just stick our arms out and like, okay, God, drop these people into my life. And I'm not going to say God doesn't do that sometimes. <laughs> he can. But I think more often than not, he's working on our heart to take the step of faith. And, and that's what we got to do. So, you know, when you, when you see and recognize sometimes that God opens those doors for us, you got to walk through it. You can't just stare into the door and, and just assume that's, that's going to affect you. You got to walk through that door. If you want good community around, you're going to have to take that step of faith for sure. But it is an important and good step. We encourage you in it. Yes. Yes. You talk about pure freedom journey. Last week, our leaders, we were meeting together and we, we just sent out a, a feedback questionnaire survey thing i don't know what it's called but we got all the we got some answers back from the guys in the groups and and uh, one of the questions was what do you like best about pure freedom journey i'm like i mean you know i'm convinced i'm like they're gonna love the teaching like matt's teaching that's the best like this is (laughs) like whoa right no it wasn't that at all Uh, about 80 percent of the answers without knowing what the other guys were saying they're like, man, the camaraderie, the friendships I'm building, the relationships I'm having, the group members, uh, interacting with them even outside the group. Like, I mean, one of the leaders was like, whoa, these guys are speaking loud and clear about the importance of community. And so if you're listening to the podcast or if you're on our social media and you're going, man, this is good. Like, this is good stuff. It's helping me. This is what it's going to take to get me free of pornography. I'm telling you, you're missing the community aspect. Yeah. You're telling you're you're missing the good company aspect. You're missing walking with the wise. Whoever walks with the wise, you you become wise. And so, when you're in an environment where there's other guys on the same journey, other girls on the same journey, you have leaders. Man, there's such power in that. And so, mm-hmm. we're just looking at that. I love it. I, I love every single reminder that it's like this is not about me. This is about company. I want to build groups. I want to build, inv- uh, you know, an atmosphere where people can come in and just interact with each other and build relationships. And so, you know, one of the saddest things for me, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to give a plug here. Thirty-seven bucks a month or two ninety-seven one time to Pure Freedom. Like, don't let that get in the way of having good people in your life and going on a journey and experiencing freedom you'll pay the money and you'll forget about it but you'll have those those relationships that are built and you'll move towards freedom and so if you're there and you're like man i'm taking in information 
maybe you're still missing that company part of it. And so I just encourage you, go. you can go to our show notes or you can just go to restoredministries.ca at the get help tab and register for pure freedom journey. It's going to, it's going to really, really help you. Yeah. And you know, I know Matt, his heart isn't, isn't the money aspect of this. And so I just want to tell you that right now it's about helping you guys engage with this. Absolutely. And you know, we will plug it because it is a group and community of men and women that are growing that this is an aspect that we need in our lives, you know, especially if you want to get porn out of there. And this is one layer that I highly encourage you to move in and, and check out and pray about as well. And as you're listening to, to this too, we just want to tell you to keep going. You know, wherever you're at, you know, you might feel really beaten down sometimes because you, you don't have a great community around you and you feel kind of hopeless in this. Me, me and Matt, we were like that too sometimes. You know, we just didn't know what where this would come from. And we want to tell you there's hope. God is not going to leave you high and dry here. He will move you in the way that you need to go. And it's just, we just have to be open to it. So I'm going to tell you right now, be open. Have open hearts to where God's leading you to have better community. You know, be open to being uncomfortable and reaching out. And not only that, be willing to set strong boundaries in your life. And if you want to learn how to do that, we mentioned that book, Boundaries by Henry Cloud. I think it's John Townsend is the other, but we'll put that in the show notes. And um, that could be another resource for you to learn what it means to have boundaries in your life. Because that could be a term you have no idea what that means. It just means setting things up in your life. Not, not about putting walls around your heart, but protecting yourself in a healthy way. And so this is really important, okay? So we, we encourage you in that. We would love to hear from you, you know, some of the things maybe that you've done in the past too. Feel free to email us, Instagram, whatever else, to, to let us know some of these stories as well. We do appreciate you. We appreciate all of you out there listening and spreading the word. Thanks so much, guys. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.